the use of all these technologies can actually exponentially grow, hyper growth your company, hyper growth your vision of what you're doing with the same amount of time. You're listening to The Life and Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Vanessa, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Annie, for having me. This is amazing. It has been a dream come true. Oh. Really to be here with well, you. same, 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 because Vanessa, you have such an inspiring story and we've had a lot of interesting guests on this show with all sorts of backgrounds, but yours is easily one of the most fascinating stories, particularly of growth and transformation. So I just wanted to share some of the highlights and then I, I want you to take the wheel and dive in. But I know that you started your career with a focus on physics with the intention of becoming an astrophysicist. And which sounds impossibly difficult to me, a lay person, but then you switch gears and you became an entrepreneur, which is also not an easy thing. And you launched not one, but multiple successful, very successful businesses before then founding Venus Capital Partners, which is what you're focused on now. But before we dive into all the things that you're doing through Venus Capital, which there's a lot of really interesting and new things that you're doing. So I definitely want to get into that. Before we do that, though, I do want to dive a little bit further into your story. And in particular, I want to start with that inflection point between physics and business. I mean, what led you to become interested in physics in the first place? And then what led you then to switch gears to go into business? Wow, we're going back, back, back in the days. Oh, yeah. That's where we like uh, to start. (laughs) I've been an entrepreneur since I was 12, really. Mm. I come from a very, very humble family from a very small town in South America, in Venezuela. So when I was 12, I started being an entrepreneur and I wanted to do things and creating new things that I was selling to my peers at school. And my mom, we didn't have any money, but my mom was always finding a way to support me, even with $1 and, you know, I would create something, I would start selling. So it was always inside me. But the story about going to physics to entrepreneur is that actually when I was 15, I was recruited by a modeling agency. And this agency, I started working as a model. That was my job for about three to four years. I was doing runways and fashion and some commercials. It was a great training for me for being an entrepreneur, because if you learn about rejection when you're a model, there is a lot of rejection in that industry. And I went to different beauty contests and I lost all of them. So I went to physics because first of all, I love numbers and I love physics. I'm completely in love with all the information in the universe. Okay. So I really wanted to be an astrophysic. And, but I was in a model, I was a model. So I'm going to follow my dreams of being an astrophysic. And then at one point when I was 19 and I was in college, I was invited to go to Milan. And then I was rejected again because I was too short. I'm five nine. So for being a model in Milan, you need to be more than five nine. And at that point I was like, okay, I am not into a modeling career. I'm going to be an astrophysic and I'm going to be with no job in my country because as an astrophysic, I'm not going to go to the NASA. I'm not going to have any interesting job. So I decided to go back to my real, my roots 
what I was in my heart, which is being an entrepreneur, because I always dreamed since I was a child to be an entrepreneur. So I was like, okay, I'm going to move to business school. Okay, so I'm going to move to business school and I'm going to open my first company, which I was at 22 at that point. Okay, I opened my first company. It was a marketing company, very successful. It was the third biggest company in biggest company in my country. Okay, by the time I was 25, 26, something like that, we had 2,500 employees and it was a country that had 12% 12% inflation at that point, because right now it's 256. <laughs> so that was the long story short of how I went to my roots of being an entrepreneur. And after that, I moved to another company. I moved to another country, actually in Panama. I moved to Panama. And in Panama, the reason I moved to Panama is because I actually wanted to expand my company. There was a lot of, of course, the inflation was eating our money. Okay. We couldn't actually take the money out of the country. So we expanded and all this inflationary environment pushed us to growth because without that, really, we maybe wouldn't ever think to move to and expand to a different country. Right. Mm-hmm. So that actually pushed us to evolve and start thinking, okay, now what can we do it? Because we're making a lot of money and in 30 days, the money is 50% the value. This is not going to work for a long term. So we, went to Panama and we had another, the same company, we had another headquarter in, in Panama and my vice president was going to move there. Actually, he is the one that was going to move to Panama at the beginning. I was going to stay. I had my daughter at that time. She was six. And then one of my family members was kidnapped in Venezuela. And my ex-husband was kidnapped. And at that point, when he, after three days, he called me and he said, listen, they are going to go for you and for our daughter. So you have to leave. So I packed my stuff with my daughter and I flew from to Panama with her. I was going back and forth in between Panama and Venezuela, but my daughter was there and she was safe. And, and that was something else that pushed us to go to Panama. Wow. What an incredible story. Oh my gosh. There's so much. Well, first, I mean, if I could pull one thread through everything, it seems like the resourcefulness is a huge, huge part of your story from the time you were 12 and you and your mom worked to just find little ways for you to be creative, think outside the box and do what you were passionate about. And you learned a lot through those early business ventures onto being resourceful around navigating your passion for physics versus the opportunities in your country. And here's going into business, you could provide a lot of impact and service for others. And so I still can't believe that you started a business at 22, which at 22, most people are looking for their first jobs. They're trying to figure out taxes and trying to figure out how to be an adult, find their first apartment. And here you are, you launched not just any business, not a small business, but it grew over just a few short years to over 2,500 employees. And we've been, so at our company, Good Egg Investments, we've been at it for about five years. We have about 10 people on the team. 
And I feel like that's a lot of growth. I'm like, oh my gosh, each time we interview, we put out a new job description, it's a lot. But going from one person to 2,500, over 2,500 employees in just a few short years, it yeah. what it tells me is that not only do you have that resourcefulness, but also that resilience and that vision because it sounds like it wasn't an easy journey. There were a lot of bumps along the way. You weren't handed anything. You grew it all from the ground up. And then as you faced challenges, you figured out ways to navigate. So it was definitely not an easy task, especially, well, it's a different country as well. And there's different, it's a different culture. But I was also at that time, I was married at 20. So I had my daughter um, and my daughter was maybe a year and a half when I started my company as well. And then by the time that the company, four or five years later, my daughter was maybe six years old. And at that point, I was a single mom. So I have a lot of respect for single moms and everybody like entrepreneurs in general. It was not an easy task, but it was always fun. And as you say, resilient. I think that finding a creative way to do as well. I am definitely a visionary. I am not into details of everything. So at that point, I was telling everybody in my company, please do not come here and tell me that this is not possible. Everything is possible. Just come here with a solution because, and if you don't come here with a solution, we're going to find it. But that has been part of my mantra since the beginning. I'm curious. So how old is your daughter now? She's 22. She's 22. Oh my gosh. So was she entrepreneurial as a kid as well? And having a front row seat to all of this that you were involved in? And is she entrepreneurial now? No, she's not. She she is her own. (laughs) She's her own person. Mm -hmm. She's definitely not an entrepreneur. But I mean, she's a great kid. She went to UC Berkeley in California. She's very smart and she likes design, but she doesn't want to create her own business. She likes freedom. She likes to fly. I mean, like I have five kids. I don't know if you know that, but I have five kids. She's my oldest. My youngest are twin and they're two and a half years old. Mm, Wow. So I think I have one child per company that I have funded. (laughs) There you go. A little souvenir. Yes. Each. Yes. Yes. And I stay with five. I stay with five companies and five kids. There you go. Listen, there is a great book for all parents that I really love and recommend. It's from this Dr. Dr. Chefali. Okay. Okay. Psychologist. And she promotes consensual parenting. Okay. Mm. And the book is The Mad Parenting. That's the name. And it's about how to actually create and help this human being that is her own person Mm -hmm. to be the best what is going to be and not about us. So I'm happy that my daughter is not an entrepreneur, but I'm happy that she is whatever makes her happy to be. I am an entrepreneur. It's not going to be different. It's going to be the same. I'm going to retire and then I'm never going to retire. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) But it's in my blood. I can't. So I'm happy for her as well. Yeah. Well, as you're talking, it's reminding me of Khalil Gibran's work around. He has a poem about parents and he talks about how kids come through us and they don't belong to us. 
but we're there to shape them. And so with five kids, I'm, I imagine you have one of every kind. They're all different. And I'm sure some will may follow your footsteps and some may become entrepreneurs. Some may even do bigger things than what mm-hmm. you're working on now. And every child is different. And so I completely agree. One of my kids, my nine years old, he's mm-hmm. actually making videos for my real estate ah, companies hey. for Venus Capital and he gets paid. There, that's right. There but what I like about that is that he can explain terms in a very yes. simple way. Okay. And yes. people love his videos. And he's actually, he's also getting paid. And I'm actually teaching him about real estate, teaching him about money. I We go over what are you going to do with your money, how much you can spend, how much you're going to invest, where you're going to invest this money. And also is tax deductible. So I like that. There, that's right. That's right. All the smart strategies. I love that. I love that so much. So tell us a little bit about Venus Capital Partners. So you had this very successful marketing company, and then you moved to Panama, and then you made your way to the States. So take us from there. What happened from Panama? And then how did you eventually, I believe you sold that company? And then how did you get into real estate? So I had two companies in Panama, and both seven-figure companies. I saw the companies before moving to uh, to the United States more than a decade ago. The reason I moved is because, well, my husband was living in LA. So I was living in Panama. So we had to choose in between LA and Panama. <laughs> so we decided to go to, to move to LA. And I saw my companies and then I took a break for about three months. And then my brain started again. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't stay. You're not built to stay still, I can tell. No, no. And my husband had a very nice business. He was creating content, but uh, he was a solopreneur. He had this content creation with one client. I was like, boom, this is everything that we can do with this company. And we're going to make this company huge. And this is what you're going to do. And this is what I'm going to do. So we created a publishing a content company focus on automotive. And that company is actually right now the biggest automotive content and publishing for the Hispanic community is the number one. So we built that company for about five years. We had three kids uh, during that time. And then it was really hard for us to work together. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, you could be one of these people that work with your husband or your wife and you have a real company together. It goes great. But it's not the same for everybody. Right. <laughs> for some people work, for some other doesn't work. And we'll see each other 24-7. And at one point, it was like, this is not going to work. Okay. Yeah. So we better stay married. Right. <laughs> different <laughs> companies. So, and we always talk about real estate and how important because we have been entrepreneurs and how every year when we see our taxes, we were mm. like, what is going on here? Yeah. What? People know that we don't know how we have to pay all these taxes. And we always talk about real estate, but we were busy there. And at that point, we were like, okay, maybe this is a time for, for me to explore real estate. So I start educating myself. I am very much a believer of education and coaching. Okay. I believe that you always pay for education one way or the other. You can pay with your mistakes or along the way, or you can pay to a coach, you can learn. So education is expensive. So I'd rather to pay for education 
and learn. So that's where my journey started. I went to an education company. Uh, I studied for about maybe for a year and I found and I partnered with some very, very smart people that had a lot of experience because something that you cannot buy is experience. I have 20 years of experience in business. I know how to manage a business. And by the way, every property is like a small business. It's like mm-hmm. a small venture. Mm-hmm. You start from the beginning, you execute a business plan and yep. you exit. Okay. It's like a company. That's what I has been. I have done that five times. Very successful. Now I was bringing that to a property since the acquisition until the exit. But what I didn't have was the 20 years in experience in the real estate. So I partnered with some very smart people that a lender that had 27 years that went through the 2008. And I created this company focused in technology and innovation. I am so excited right now because the company has been growing, I would say, that very slow. And I'm very proud about that because you have seen for the last three years, many people talking about how many millions of dollars they have been buying. And our company is holding right now $50 million. We sold three properties last year, but we are right now in $50 million. And the reason for that is because we have been so careful mm-hmm. in analyzing, in buying properties for the last three years. And I'm very excited for what is coming Okay, in the future. As I said, I have been very focused in technology and innovation for all my companies. I think that was stand out in my companies from the competitors in any area has been always that technology and innovation. Since the first company that I started when technology was not a thing, but innovation has been always there. Okay. That's what we start. What we can offer, what value we can offer, how we can do it different. Then in Panama, by the way, it was maybe 2006, close to the crash in 2008. But at that point, it was a social media breakthrough, if you remember. So mm-hmm. that was the year that Twitter came out yes. a few years before was Facebook. So our company actually leveraged all that. Okay. And ah. we became pioneers mm-hmm. in the social media and all these digital technologies for the uses of business and also for the uses of nonprofits and philanthropy, because I've always been very involved in philanthropy. So I think we repeated the same model with with my husband in the company that we have. And right now, I feel like these times okay, are so important. I haven't seen a breakthrough like this since social media. And I don't think it is as important. I mean, I don't think that the social media one is as important as this breakthrough that we're living right now. Mm -hmm. I would say that maybe the internet or maybe electricity, or maybe fire can be compared to what we're living right now. So I think we are in a very critical point right now, okay, to take advantage of the technologies that are in the space and to be able to grow your company and to 10x your company in a way that you couldn't do it before. So I'm super excited about that. Yes. So Dig in, tell us a little bit more there, because first of all, you're absolutely right. You can pay for a lot of things, but you cannot buy 
experience. And the experience is so valuable. And what it allows you to do is move fluidly from one industry to another, bringing the lessons that you've learned from your previous experience into it. And it's stuff that you just can't learn in a class. You can't learn in a textbook. You have to live through some of these experiences. And so I love that you've partnered with people who have that experience in this industry, but you also bring a ton of experience from your previous companies. And so now tell everybody a little bit more about the technology and the opportunity as you see it in this really powerful and transformative time that we're living through. And what are you digging into as you're laying the groundwork and starting to sustainably and intentionally grow this new, well, it's not super new, but this newest company of yours? You're right. It's not super new. We are right now living in an era where we're seeing so much information, so much technology. We're talking about artificial intelligence right now. Everything is artificial intelligence, even though it's not. Okay. It could be that it's not. And artificial intelligence has been, it's very old, really. Okay. Artificial intelligence has been there for maybe 50 years, for sure 30 years. But what is happening right now is that we are seeing a shift and all these generative technologies are there because we have a massive growth in computational and a lot of data labeling. I mean, the amount of data that we have been creating for the 50 years is incredible, but it is doubling every two years. So there is actually an institute that is creating a projection of how much data we're going to be created by 3030. And is completely Compared to stacking CDs one by one from Earth to Mark. Wow. <laughs> so that's the amount of data that we're going to be created by 2030. So all this data now we're being, has been used to be able to produce all these AI technologies and all these large language models and these generative AI that are now in this space. And what we're seeing is that the use of all these technologies can actually exponentially grow, hyper-growth your company, hyper-growth your vision of what you're doing with the same amount of time. Right now, and the technology is not perfect, of course, we are testing many, many of those, but it's growing so fast that whatever you're seeing right now is going to completely change in two or three months. It is extremely fast. Nothing has been seen like this before. So if you're not understanding all these technologies in a year, it's going to be really hard for you to catch up. And as a company, if you're not getting into this technology and embracing these technologies for your company, I believe that in five years, you're going to be out of business. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. 
We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations. And as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. It's the reality of the world that we live in. And I think you're absolutely right. And so for the listeners who, so obviously for the business owners, it's very important for them to embrace the technologies and utilize and leverage it for their businesses. For the listeners who might not, maybe they're starting out in real estate or maybe they're looking to leave their W-2 job and maybe start a business. What does the lay person, the everyday person need to know about AI to sort of prepare as we're going through this transformation? Does everybody need to log into chat GPT and try that out? Or is it more like more pervasive, more serious than that? It's very serious because it's going to be part of our life okay, and our everyday life is something that we can stop. They're trying to stop it, but I don't think it's going to be possible. So what we're going to see is that all these technologies are going to be able to help you to do things faster. What is say for day to day, your regular job? What if you can leverage an AI, assistant AI that is there for you? I can help you to achieve whatever you have to do in a nine to five, but in a nine to three. What's going to happen with those two hours? Are you going to be able to spend more time with your family? And you're going to be able to do exercise. I think, I think that right now you can actually leverage 20% of whatever you do with AI in any industry that you are. Okay. Especially admin, administrative tasks that you have, whatever you're doing in your computer. Doctors can leverage in AI right now. Lawyers, okay, is one of the threat is that lawyers are going to be out of job because ChatGPT can do whatever document that a lawyer can do in 30 seconds, okay? And I have tried that myself. And the documents that I get from ChatGPT sometimes are better than the one that I get from my lawyer. And I don't have to go back and forth with my lawyer. Right. Hey, you make all these mistakes. It yep. doesn't five days to mm-hmm. come back to me. So in every industry that you are, I think you can leverage. And if you can free that 20% of your time, I think that we're going to be able to have hyper growing in companies, but also having happier employees okay? mm-hmm. because we're going to be able to achieve more with the same amount of time. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be able to achieve more with the same amount of people. Believe me, I had 2,500 employees. I don't want to go back there. It's like, <laughs> 
I want to keep my team small, okay? Mm-hmm. But everybody in my team, they are leveraging AI right now. Yes. Yes. So they are using these technologies for since writing emails to getting documents to posting jobs descriptions that sometimes, I mean, think about how long it would take you to think about a job description, maybe three hours in the back mm-hmm. and forth. Now yeah. you can have something in, I don't know, five minutes. Yes. Okay. So Vanessa, I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second. All of this sounds so great. I would love to have this in my life. I would love to have that extra two hours, be able to build that in. But because I know you're big on mindset and we could geek out about mindset for hours. Tell us just a little bit about, because I think what's underlying a lot of people as they approach this wave of transformation is fear right? This fear of change and fear of maybe not understanding, fear of they don't have the vision. Like you have the vision. You just painted the picture for us of what's possible. They just know that the way that they've done things before might not work anymore. And that change, that shift can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so what would you say to them? How can they sort of get over that and get through that? Well, we have seen that many times in history. When the computer was created, people that was typing with these machines, they have to learn how to use a computer. It has happened many times. And right now, there is a lot of fear that people is going to lose jobs. And there is a projection on X amount of jobs that can be lost with the AI. But there is also a lot of things that you can leverage with AI. So it's going to be part of our life, like a computer right now. And remember, if you have been in social media, you have seen this question all the time. Why do you tell your 20 years old? Why would you tell your 20 years old right now? Well, I would buy Amazon stocks or I would buy blah, 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 or I would do this. But people didn't do it because we were scared or we were concerned that like we are resistant by nature of changing. So by nature, we have this concern of what if, but we're concerned because we don't know what it is and how it's going to affect our life. I completely understand that. But the reality is that it is here. It is part of our life. You can use it for the good. You cannot use it if you want to, but in 10 years, you're going to come back and you're going to say, what if 10 years ago I was learning this, I was using this for my company. I'm not talking about 10 years. In five years, you're going to say, look at all these companies, how this company has grown exponentially. Whoever keeps the traditional way is going to be behind because it will have to have more resources. And now talking about real estate, what do you think is going to happen with the real estate companies that are not embracing AI? They're not going to be able to give the same return that maybe my company is going to be able to give. Because we're going to need more people. We're going to need more time. It's going to be more labor oriented and time consuming. Something that we can do in one hour. Someone else maybe after doing three days. How do you think is that going to affect the returns for your investors? So in general, I think that as a real estate investor, you need to be concerned of how these companies and leveraging technology and AI for sure, because That's your money for the next five years. And in five years, we're going to be in a very different part. So with my vendors that I work with, my property managers, one of the things that I require is that they are in the top of technology. And if they are not, they're open 
to include any technology that I believe is going to favor my properties and my investors. So these are the type of alliance that I have right now, because otherwise this property management is not going to be able to compete with anybody else. Yeah. And I think it's such a good point for the listener, whether or not you're a business owner or whether or not you're currently leveraging or everybody's using AI in some form, whether they know it or not, but whether you're actively engaged in it, it's just a good reminder to be open, to be open and to embrace it, not to resist it because it, like you said, it's here. It's not going anywhere and it's changing so fast every day. And the point is not to try to master it, but to try to go with the flow and to know that things are shifting, things are changing, which can be really exciting. It can be very scary too. Yes. Yes, exactly. But let me tell you something else. I think that this is also a very shiny object right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many new tools there that you can spend hours just playing with all of these video tools, these deep fake audio tools, and all these text to images is very time consuming. So it can be a shiny object. I always say that it's important that you go and focus and learn what is going to help you. And I mean, I know about stable diffusion and mid journey and Dolly, but if I go there, I'm doing nothing with that in my right. right? So I will be playing there for five hours. And then the whole point of AI is I have missed the whole point of AI. Yes. <laughs> so Good point. learn, I would say, learn what is useful for you. Okay. If it's chat GPT, because you can, you know, remove from your play, creating the business strategy of you need help because you have a new idea for your business and you need help in giving you ideas on how to implement that or how to uh, develop that project or even if you are a real estate investor and you want to know what are the 20 most important questions i should ask a syndicator just go to chat gpt instead of reading 50 ebooks that everybody's putting out there mm-hmm. and you're going to get the 10 20 more important questions and the answers as well that's right <laughs> just right there if you are a designer okay before that you have to spend hours to create in a logo, you can use AI and they tweak it from AI. So I think that every industry right now can find a way to leverage some of the AI in order to freeze some time. But yes, it's a, it's a shiny object and you can also get deep into the weeds and spend hours and hours and hours playing with something that you don't need for your business. So be yes. careful with that. Yeah, that's a good warning there. And there's two things I want to pull out before we move on of what you said, which is the first one around not working harder, but working smart and really having that vision. That's the second piece is having the goal. Just like when you're an investor and you go in and we always tell everybody, make sure before you invest any money at all, make sure you know what your goals are. And the same goes with embracing new technology is like you said, you could spend hours just playing and going deeper into the rabbit hole, but really having that clear goal, of what you want to get out of it as you're going in. So I think those are very wise guides and advice. 
for the listener. So Vanessa, I've learned a ton from all of this and it's certainly shifted my mindset as well. I'm excited to dig in further and see how AI, how we can leverage AI better, just as you've talked about with your business to grow and stay ahead of the curve. So this has been, I've taken a lot away from this conversation. And to wrap up, we're going to move into our life and money show spotlight round. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Fantastic. All right. We're going to ask you three questions. We ask everyone. The first question is about you and your life. So share with us one thing that you're doing to live a meaningful and intentional life by design. One of the things that I'm doing is that, and I love this. This is a new practice for me and my family is we are doing the yoga lab. Have you heard about that? (gasps) I've heard of it. Yeah, tell us a little bit more because I don't do it as a regular practice, but I've heard about it. It's amazing. (laughs) How many muscles do you move and exercise when you're laughing? And as we grow up and we became adults, we forget how important laughing is. And you see kids laughing all the time. We're losing that. So yoga laugh is this practice of making some breathing exercise with laughing and it's just about laugh. It is incredible. It is funny. There are studies that he says that improve so many things in your organism and also mindset. So I'm doing that with my kids and they love it. They ask me for yoga laugh before going to sleep and it's just breathing and some laughing exercises. I think we should do more than that in general in the world. Oh my gosh. I think that's such a good one. Oh my gosh. Nobody's ever brought that up on this show. I'm so glad that you did because I think that's such a good practice. I've done it maybe I think once before and it just makes you feel good. It just makes you feel so good. And it's a reminder of the joy and the pleasure and why we're here in the first place. We work so hard all day and try to chase all these things. But at the end of the day, it's really about being in your body and experiencing that joy and that laughter and all the better when you can do it with your family. And, and let me add something to that. Well, you can go to laughyoga.org. Okay? Ah, okay. Where you can mm-hmm. actually do some of the exercise or find it in YouTube. But I did it the first time I did it. It was my two, my twins, two years old, my four and my nine. And my nine years old was very apprehensive to that. He was like, I don't understand the point of laughing. It (laughs) is is not funny. Okay. Mm. And for me, there was a walking call like that. We need to do this more often because we shouldn't have any reasons to laugh. Mm. And I think that right now he does it and he loves it and he's not questioning. But the fact that he's getting older and he's questioning that, we need to laugh more. It was a concern for me. So that's a practice that I would like to have with my family for a long time. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. All right. The second question is something that you can leave to help others. So share with us one life or money hack, a tip, a resource, a guide, a book, anything that has helped you on your journey that you think will help the listener. One money hack or life hack that I have First of all, I think innovation and being fearless is something very important, especially in order to migrate to all of the things that we have to do and adapt to all the changes. So right now, it is a very important time that we need to embrace that 
innovation. We are in a very concerning time, regardless economic that we are. And in, as real estate investors, everybody is very concerned of what's happening right now with the inflation and the multifamily and the real estate environment that we are in general. But we are also in this other area, okay, which is a very important breakthrough. So if you can think out of the box and see the big picture of where we are, we can be in the biggest and the most important possibility of growth that we have, even regardless this environment and this inflationary environment and the whole economy that we are. So we can see it as an empty glass, but I think this is a very important time when you can take advantage of what everything that is happening right now and make a huge growth with your money, with your time and be financial freedom, geographic freedom, and have all the freedoms that we always talk about that we want. I think the time is right now. I agree. It's a critical time that we're living through. And we're all so blessed to have this opportunity. And it truly is an opportunity. Like you said, if you embrace the change and you can be fearless, then you can really take advantage of a lot of the opportunities that are here and that are coming. And we're blessed. You're right. We're very blessed. Many people, the people that is listening this podcast, I'm sure that we all have a job and most of the people are real estate investors. So we have the ability to actually be investors. But for many people in other countries, okay, they are not, they don't have the blessed of having this passion and having these opportunities. Okay. And I'm also on the philanthropy side. And I'm very excited for all these technologies because I think it's going to help on the education side for many, many other countries outside of the U.S. Well, perfect, because that's the perfect segue to our third and final question. Share with us, I'm sure there are many, many things, but share with us just one thing that you're doing to help make the world a better place. (laughs) Well, I'm sharing this information with you. And I haven't been in many podcasts for the last two years because I want to provide value. And I think this is a time not many people is talking about this, especially in the real estate industry. I am not concerned of having competition. I think everybody should be embracing these technologies right now. And I'm sharing this because particularly I don't want to be the best company in real estate. I just want to be the best of the companies. Okay. So I'm not looking to grow and being the biggest, but being the best. I think it's very important that all companies, syndicators, uh, real estate investors get educated right now. Okay. And get ahead of the curve of your saying. And that's my little seed that I'm putting when I do this podcast with you or with anybody else, because the world is changing and you can take advantage of that right now with a lot of innovation and a little bit of not being fearless, (laughs) be careful, but fearless. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. Yes. Well, we've certainly covered a lot in this conversation. And like I said, at the top of the conversation, you have such an inspirational story and I know you're not stopping anytime soon. (laughs) 
And I can tell that you're going places. And so I'm sure that people are going to want to dig in, learn more, follow all that you're doing. And so tell them what's the best place that they can go. Well, people can go to my website is venuspartners.com. Actually having a small ebook, three pages guide of AI. So how you as a W2 or as an entrepreneur can leverage some of the technologies that are right now in the industry that's going to be updated in three months because it's going to be completely obsolete in three months. <laughs> right. Well, you can have the AI updated every three months. There you go. It'll just be a self-sustaining. <laughs> we can have the AI. Of course, right now, you still need a lot of human interaction yes. with yes. all this AI. I think yes. that everything that we're applying right now in, in Venus Capital is maybe 80% automation and maybe 20% AI. Yeah. But people but can shifting. go there and... Yes. And download that. And hopefully that's useful for you. Fantastic. Vanessa Alfaro, founder of Venus Capital Partners. Vanessa, thank you so, so much for being here with us and sharing your infinite wisdom and your story with us. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 